0: Coming up in today's Locked on Angels, what is a lockout? What's the CBA? How does this whole thing work out? Major League Baseball is officially in a lockout, and we need to talk about it. That's right now on Locked on Angels. You are Locked on Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part
1: of the Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day.
0: Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome to Lockdown Angels, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. And thanks for making Lockdown Angels your first listen today, especially here in the lockout. Okay, so we need to talk about this stuff. We need to break it down. We're going to be doing this in two parts. So we're going to be joined by Alex Baisley and Bobby Wagner of Tipping Pitches, a great podcast that you definitely should check out. They talk about this stuff all the time. Um, they're going to go into more detail about what their podcast is about, but they are joining us for two episodes here. If uh, this first one is going to be kind of more the basics about the lockout, what a lockout is, how CBA negotiations work, how it works with Major League Baseball, and some of the things that we can look out for moving forward. In our second part, as soon as it's available, it will be uh, available. It will be linked down below in the episode description, and of course on our audio side as well. Um, our second part will be more so about what specifics are going on, what are some of the talking points, how are some of these working out from the owners and players side. So there will be two different parts to this, it'll be coming out here if you're watching it when it comes out, today and tomorrow. So plenty of great stuff again it's alex Baisley and bobby wagner of tipping pitchers they did pitches i always say pitchers it's locked on angels i'm always talking about pitchers um of tipping pitches great podcast you should definitely check it out they spent so much time explaining other stuff and they did a really good job so hopefully you enjoy let's go ahead and jump right to that conversation with alex and bobby Ooh. and bobby from tipping pitches the boys are here to chat about cba lockout and everything in between guys thanks so much for joining us here today um we're going to be talking about everything you need to know here in the upcoming lockout that just started um so guys uh, before we do that uh if whoever wants to take the first question what's tipping pitches and and uh what's it all about
1: Yes, this is great. It's Alex's turn to do this. Whenever we go on, I an thought it was. Platform. I thought it was.
2: I thought this was your turn. No, I did
1: it. I remember doing this last
0: time. This is your turn. I
2: did <laughs> the long,
1: drawn-out explanation of how, what tipping pitches is since we don't have a very clean elevator pitch.
2: It's your turn to do this. <laughs> Clearly, this this stuck with him. You can tell, like he's been losing <laughs> sleep over this. <laughs> um, yeah, tipping pitches is a podcast that really takes a labor-oriented uh, look at baseball. That kind of tries to read between the lines of the the business, uh, you know, goings ons that happen in the background. Um, we we talk about the stuff that happens on the field, but more often than not, you'll find us ranting about owners or this week breaking down salary arbitration. It's as much about the the business of baseball as it is about the the sport itself, which is why uh, you know. As you mentioned, CBA news lockout come in. We're poised and ready to go for a a long, cold winter. That on top of whatever Taylor
0: Swift and Alex Rodriguez did that week.
2: um, That's typically... I don't know how You know us well.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I don't know how this became part of our beat, but like every time there's a new Taylor Swift album or a a new (laughs) Alex Rodriguez YouTube video, we have to break it down in great detail. Uh, I, I will add quickly... The reason that we go so deep on ranting against the owners and the business side of baseball is just because we come from it from a genuine love of the game and a genuine love of the players and just that all of the things... That we would want to appreciate more about baseball are often being held back by different financial concerns, different business side concerns. So that's how we got to this point. But we also do talk a lot about the silly stuff, the pop culture, baseball stuff that um, that is a lot more fun and lighthearted to talk about, not just nitty gritty legal details.
0: <laughs> Yeah, it's it's a good mix. So definitely check out Tipping Pitches. Everything's gonna be linked in the episode description. Um, but let's get into the to the stuff that people are definitely here for, which is what what is a lockout? Um, let, let's start with that. Just the most broad scope. This episode here, this will be a part of a two part series here on explaining what's going on, at least here at the forefront. So let's start with the basic understanding of what's going on. Again, whoever wants to take these questions, feel free to jump in. Uh, but what is a lockout, and what is CBA?
1: So CBA is the Collective Bargaining Agreement. There's the two sides of the labor landscape for all companies. Um, There's the worker side and there is the company side. In this case, the company is Major League Baseball. All 30 of its teams and the principal owners, the minority owners, the league office, those are all on the MLB side. And then the MLBPA, which represents all of the players who are in the Major League Baseball Union, um, that is on the other side. So the Collective Bargaining Agreement is the legal document that governs uh all of the stuff in baseball it's in terms of like you know salary uh arbitration is what we just focused on last week but also stuff like quality of life and travel and pensions and um you know what mlb teams can do to players and what mlb teams can't do to players service time like everything you've ever heard about the nitty-gritty details of how the baseball ecosystem works all of that stuff is agreed upon in the cba um, that CBA expires this, uh, that CBA just expired. <laughs> We're recording this ahead of time, so I have to get my tenses correctly. <laughs> that CBA just expired um on December first. And so basically what that means is that the two sides have to renegotiate certain parts of that CBA. The whole thing go- goes back open for negotiation. Again, most of the things will stay the same. Um, that's just the way a lot of uh, CBAs are built off precedent. So you keep things mostly the same. And you dig your heels in on certain things that you want to fight over, and we can get into the details of what that is more. But the CBA is basically just a document that says how these two sides have to interact with each other and how the company, which is Major League Baseball, has to treat its its workers, in which case, in this case, the union, um, the MLB Players Association.
0: And as far as moving into what is now known as a lockout, Major League Baseball hasn't had one in quite some time. Um, it has felt like the last couple of years have been pushing towards this moment now. Um, and it really it really felt like it was starting to take off during uh, COVID stuff and, and how all those negotiations went, negotiations went down. Um, so, so what are the main premises, without getting into the details here, but the main premises to why we have a lockout right now?
2: Yeah, I mean, uh, you mentioned kind of a lot of the, you know, the tension has kind of been building over the last couple years. And if you're on vaguely on on lefty baseball Twitter, you may have seen a lot of agitation for a for a strike at some point, right? Because that's the way that players can extract concessions from management. Obviously, it's been a very acrimonious uh labor landscape in baseball over over the recent years. And really that the the main difference in in a strike and a and a lockout is who is initiating it, right? A strike is when the players say we are, our demands are not being met in a in a given contract whatever the whatever the situation might be, they're saying the environment, the conditions under which we are playing uh, are, are no longer acceptable to us And so we refuse to provide our services to you management until you meet these demands or come to the table and uh, and the lockout is effectively the opposite and usually happens when a contract has not been agreed to and so the management says, hey look we, we're not going to pay you to to do the work. We're not going to allow you to to work uh, for us, basically, until we can actually sit down and come to an agreement on on what those terms are. so they're they're both um, tools that the one side uses usually as a point of leverage over the other side to say, you're not allowed to do X or I'm not going to do X until you come sit down with me. You meet these demands. That's, yeah. Ultimately, the only difference between them is
1: the way that it functions in the real world is that a lockout is only ha- is going to happen in the off season, and a strike would happen if the CBA was expiring during the season because neither side can do either of these actions while the CBA is still in effect because I believe that there is uh, what in the labor industry we call a no strike no lockout clause, which means that uh when you have a CBA you are at labor peace which means the workers cannot call a strike and the management side cannot lock workers out this came from you know back in the United States labor industry it comes from back in the um early period of the industrial revolution when like the they these were workers going into factories who were part of unions and management would literally lock the doors and lock them out of work and stop paying them so that's where where we get the term lockout um it, MLB owners will file paperwork saying that there is a lockout currently and players cannot come in and will not be getting, you know, they will not be coming to work. But what does that effectively mean in the off season? Is it just means that they're not coming into the facilities, even though they weren't anyway, these players are not being scheduled to get paid in the off season. They only get paid once the season really starts in most cases. So it doesn't really affect anything. So, so there would be a strike during the like during the 1994 strike, um, it would be players deciding to stop playing games which is what happened in 1994 i it's unlikely that management would ever lock the doors mid-season because they want to keep the games going cuz it's how they make their money you know so like so that's effectively the only difference between them is that like Alex said, which side initiates it and that really is dictated on when the CBA expires. You saw a lot of comments from Rob Manford last week talking about, Oh, it's better if it happens during the off season. Like it's convenient for him to say that because it's the, his side is the one that's actually doing it during the off season.
0: This holiday season, grab a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar, or even better than a candy bar. Built Bar is filled with so much holiday goodness, rich with decadent flavor, covered in chocolate. But amazingly, low in calories, sugar, net carbs, and fat, and of course high in protein. You get the best, best of both worlds: delicious and healthy. There's so many flavors you'll have a hard time choosing. As a matter of fact, with raspberry or mint brownie, cherry or double chocolate, cookies and cream, maybe even peanut butter brownie—all sounds so good. Bill Bar gives you that extra fuel that you need to bust down those mall doors and battle all the holiday shoppers. Or if you're just standing in endless shopping lines, Built Bar can give you a little extra something to keep you going. So throw one in your jacket or purse, and you never know when you're gonna need it. Tell Santa to throw a few built bars in your stockings as well, with so many flavors. They'd make anyone's Christmas morning a happy one. Like some of the marshmallow treats around the holidays, well, then you need to get your hands on the built puff bar bar Puffs. They're light, fluffy, marshmallowy through and through, different flavors, all covered in chocolate, and they taste so good. You won't believe that they're filled with protein. I got a special promo code for you. Go to built.com, use promo code locked15 to get 15% off your order. That's 15% off with the promo code locked15 at built.com. So now let's take a look about like how do negotiations work what like is this like we you know, sit down on both sides of the room and we bang this thing out, right? Like, we're banging out the budget. We're going to do that kind of thing. Or is it more, because, like, we, we'll, we'll see some proposals here and there. I mean, as of this record, we just saw the first, I mean, what feels like the real first proposal of the expansion of playoffs kind of thing right now that just came out, uh, again, as of this record, just like an hour ago. Um, But oh, how do these two sides meet? Because I know there's the union reps and there's the league reps and all that kind of stuff. So how does that all work out?
1: Yeah. So it's hard to tell because we don't get like minute by minute reporting of all of these things. You know, like you're describing, we get these uh, sort of leaks coming from, usually you can tell what side it's coming from. Usually you can tell that it's coming from the management side about what their proposals look like. But we do get news trickling out about what the union wants. So basically how this works is that it does go back and forth. It's basically who's court is the ball in at any moment and who has to make a counter proposal um they are allowed to negotiate the cba ahead of this deadline um ahead of the expiration deadline so they they have been negotiating all season albeit not as intensely as they will in as they did in the upcoming weeks to the deadline um so how it works is that one side literally writes a proposal a proposal a cba proposal so like this would be the document that would be the cba if the other side says yes and you pass it across the table and they review it and they redline it they redline the things that they don't want and they replace it with things that they do want so it's not one side redlining the entire document and writing in a completely new document you're only really redlining and sending back the stuff that you want changed and when you have in-person bargaining sessions yes that happens across a table um I'm not really sure what they were doing during COVID but they meet you know every couple weeks or they met a lot more often in the last month leading up to the deadline and they have like they hammer it out I imagine like 8 hour bargaining sessions where they go back and forth and back and forth and back and forth with proposals um, but ultimately it it happens mostly on paper and the explanation for those changes even whoever is in the room like the, on the MLBPA side it'll be all of the executive Uh, board of players who represent their different teams and then tony clark who's the lead negotiator he will be talking across the table from rob manfred who will be representing all of major league baseball all of its owners and teams and franchises and minority owners and stakeholders and everything he speaks on their behalf so it's really these two guys mostly talking to each other in a room across the table Sounds riveting, doesn't it?
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's what you come here for. You're trying trying to understand the basics of what's going on and and, you know, how, what the likelihood of of, you know, things getting ironed out and that kind of stuff again we're gonna we're gonna dive more into the specifics in our second episode on this and if you're watching this the day it comes out that'll drop tomorrow of course as soon as it is available we'll drop it in the link uh the link in the episode description down below here on youtube um and of course if you're on the audio side just look at the next episode um but uh for for us moving forward here as fans um i kind of want to skew this conversation towards as we are getting information um, so as we are getting information, what are some things that fans can be looking out for? Whether it be how you know the latest John Morosi tweet or the latest uh, Passon tweet or whatever it is or whatever it's on MLB trade rumors, what kind of scope should fans be reading that kind of stuff in?
2: I mean, the really the first piece of advice that I think both Bobby and I would agree on is to take everything with the the smallest grain of salt, right? There is no neutral party in these negotiations, in this dialogue that happens in the media. There is always an angle, right? And maybe it's not intentional. It's not John Heyman sitting down to say, I'd like to, you know, uh, stir up some favor for the owners. I mean, he may well do that. We, you know, we don't need to speculate here. Um, but you know, when when you hear, for example, a, a, a Jeff Passan writing about uh, the recent proposal, or as you said, John Morosi, whoever it is that's coming from a source a source that has a vested interest in the outcome right which is why you'll hear certain uh, storylines spun in a certain way and this and this extends far beyond just cba negotiations too right this extends to something as mundane as trade rumors right agents are getting out there and trying to get the word out that the the market is hot on on the player that they represent Right? Oh, this team is is uh, is really talks are heating up with them, and that you're trying to get five other teams to say, "Oh, well if well if talks are heating up, then maybe we want to get in on them." Right? So it's really it's really reading between the lines a little bit and and recognizing how much of a hand these parties behind the scenes often play in shaping that narrative and it usually is the the management side right they are the ones that often have the direct lines to national media reporters who will then go on and often print a lot of that stuff not necessarily word for word but of you know a very close carbon copy
0: This episode is brought to you by Bet Online. They got you covered all season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues the march to the playoffs. BetOnline remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Head to our new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit just using the promo code LOCKEDON to receive your bonus. Basketball, football, NHL, boxing, UFC, Vegas casino games. Don't wait to take advantage of all the amazing offers available for the two- 2021 season bet online is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your favorite sports bet online where the game starts moving forward how long should we expect this to go on i know that's we can't you know we have a crystal ball or anything like that but what do what we think in here from all the talks and how far apart the sides are, like how long would you guys expect this to go on?
1: I wouldn't expect this to end before February, um, just because they are seemingly very far apart. Still, you have the MLB side presenting pretty radical changes to the playoff structure. And you have, and before that you have them presenting radical changes to arbitration and using a formula uh, derived from Fangraphs WAR uh, multiplied by a certain salary constant to determine how players in their year three through six of their career are played. That is very different from how it currently gets decided how those players are paid. And if you want to hear more about how it's decided, we just did a whole episode about that, talking to a player who went through arbitration and what that actually means and what it might look like in the future, but they are very far apart. Um, it doesn't really feel like reading between the lines. It doesn't really feel like there's a sense of urgency to get anything done immediately because the guys who were itchy to sign, we saw a lot of them signed. Um, We had a lot more free agency movement than we expected to have. And then, you know, from the owner's side, really from both sides, to be honest, um, there's no PR win to settling this early. Like, this has been a bubbling fight where the owners have been trying to get one over on the players for a while now, whether that's the return to play um, negotiations that the MLB Players Association is currently suing the owners for negotiating in bad faith for a billion dollars, or whether that be the average annual salary going down for the first time in decades, um, despite revenues being higher than they've ever been. uh, There's a lot of animosity and legitimate animosity. And so it doesn't really pay for each side to settle before to give up the leverage and settle before they really have to before they get at least close to the more concrete real world deadline that is the 2022 MLB season which I think that neither side if if I know them both to be acting in good faith I'm not really sure or at least know them both to be motivated by money which both sides definitely are neither side really wants to lose 2022 regular season games because that means players don't get paid and that means owners don't get the full revenue from the huge tv contracts that they have that pay them out so i would guess that like as we start to approach february as we start to approach spring training we've seen that guys aren't really worried about like signing with teams getting in spring training as early as they used to be because they're so much better at training on their own at their own facilities and there are third party places that they can go to work on their craft and so i wouldn't expect it to be much before february but If it starts to get to February and you haven't heard like proposals that look more realistic than multiply FanGraphs war by a hundred thousand dollars, then like you should start to worry about a shortened season. I would say.
2: I, I, I don't think that it's going to stretch into February. If I'm being honest, I think that a lot of what you've seen come out of the the MLB side of things have been really drastic points that I don't think they really ever necessarily expected the Players Association to agree to, at least in this round of collective bargaining. They may, down the road, when this upcoming CBA expires, say, okay, again, we've had some time to hammer it out and work on our own uh, formula, formula for how to uh, you know, negotiate salary, whatever it is. My guess is the CBA that they end up hammering out is not going to look too drastically different from what it already has been. Right? You see a lot of these really dramatic changes that ultimately I don't think either side really expects to to come through. They are they are negotiating points, right? And you negotiate down, and you end up meeting the person in the middle. And yeah, I I I don't anticipate us losing. Uh, a season you know any part of a season over this we could be wrong again we're all just kind of trying to read the the few tea leaves that we have but my guess is things are largely settled before february as bobby said if 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 february rolls around and it's largely been crickets then sure maybe it's time to you know start feeling the knots in your stomach um, but but for now, it's really just letting a you know a business process play out because that's really what this is 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 a is just a routine business process.
0: Well, plenty of good stuff there, guys. We will have more in our second part. Again, that'll be linked below as long as it is available. Um, Alex, Bobby, check out Tipping Pitches. Great podcast. Uh, A a weekly listen now. It's now my weekly routine. Um, So I appreciate you guys hopping on. Again, the second part will be available tomorrow if you are listening or watching to this the day it comes out. Alex and Bobby, thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks so much for having us, Steve. Thanks.
0: Want to send my special thanks again out to Bobby and Alex of Tipping Pitches. They will be back with a second episode. It will be linked in the episode description as soon as it is available. Highly encourage you to check that out. Uh, of course, you can subscribe to us here on our YouTube channel or hit auto auto downloads on whatever podcasting app you use. That way, you always wake up to a new episode of Locked On Angels five days a week. Right now, here through December, that'll be changing in a couple of weeks. But right now, we are still five days a week. Make sure to uh, hit that subscribe. That way, you know everything you need to know about what's going on in this lockout all right tomorrow plenty of more stuff thanks for checking us out guys i appreciate it don't forget to follow us at Locked On angels i want to thank you for making Locked On angels your first listen of the day and of course for your second listen check out locked on bets your daily one-stop shop for all your gambling needs locked on bets hosted by your boy q with expert analysis and insight from lee sterling all right guys we will talk to you later thanks again for checking us out later